L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there's no better place to get into the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel always has exclusive offers. When you win, you'll get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting, combine multiple bets in the same game in a same-game parlay, and try out the same game parlay plus. So use promo code boxing and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. This is boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. So I guess we have to start with the judging. Sergio Mora. Please. His own boxing analyst, former junior middleweight champion. We are in Las Vegas. Right outside that window is T-Mobile Arena. We were there tonight, ringside, calling Canelo Golovkin three for DAZN. Uh, the positive, the right guy won. Canelo Alvarez won this fight. Uh, trilogy completing fight. Alvarez too young, too fresh, too fast, too powerful. Golovkin at age 40 just didn't have uh, enough left in the tank. But Sergio, we agreed this was a lopsided fight. I officially scored it 10 rounds to two. Uh, I pulled my media brethren from ringside. They had a 10 to 11 1. Somehow, two of the judges of Canelo Golovkin 3 had it 115-113, which means if Golovkin had won one more round, we would have had another draw, which would have been wild. Incredible. You got the opinion of your writers and your brethren. I got the opinion of former world champions, Marco Antonio Barrera, Sean Porter, Daniel Jacobs, Jessica McCaskill, myself, all of us. Scored it the same. Two rounds max for Golovkin. I think Barrera said three. But either way, three rounds max. How the hell does Steve Weisfeld, who I consider one of the best judges in boxing, have it 115-113? I mean, three, three judges had it 
that close. 116, 112, and two 115, 113. 16, 112 is not atrocious. That's no, no, that's four. not atrocious. 115, 113 is a disgusting one because that means the last round, it would have been another draw. And can you imagine if we would have had another draw? We would have had to see a fourth fight. We got a clear winner tonight. That was Canelo Alvarez. It wasn't the, the knockout that he wanted or the knockout that everyone expected, but it was a convincing win. Yeah. It was a convincing win. We got the right winner. I don't want to see a fourth fight. I do not want to see Triple G at 168 anymore. I don't even want to see Triple G against the elite. If he wants to continue his career and not leave money on the table and, and fight uh, mandatory challengers, I'm all for it at 160. But if he was going to take a big fight against Charlo, against uh, Mungia, or uh, or anyone else, one, uh, Andrade at 160, I just don't see it. I don't want it. Golovkin is a legend. I don't want him to go backwards. Dave Moretti, as I look at the official scorecard, had it 116-112. That's fine. Uh, Steve Weisfeld, as you mentioned, 115-113. He scored four of the last five rounds for Gennady Golovkin, which, to be fair, Golovkin did pick up the pace in the second half of this fight. Uh, David Sutherland, he scored four of the last five rounds for Golovkin as well. I, I, those were where the rounds I gave him. Uh, I gave him two yeah. of the last five rounds. I, I just think it's charitable, really. And that brings me to my point here. <laughs> I know two what of, you're going to say. Two of the judges, Weisfeld and Moretti, um, they scored Canelo Golovkin too. They scored it 115-113 for Canelo. My, one of my immediate reactions is, because judges are human, like, does a part of them, when they see Golovkin start to pick it up, just throw that triple jab? And, they throw him a bone. And like, it's a, if, like they, they throw give him, a, him the benefit of the doubt. They throw him a bone and, and, and say, you know what? We didn't get it right uh, three years ago. We didn't get it right the first time. We didn't get, they didn't get it right the second time. We finally got to throw Triple G a bone. But this was the wrong bone to throw at because this was not the Triple G that we're accustomed to seeing. Golovkin looked every bit of his age. I mean— All right, so let, let's let's— Put aside the judging then and just talk about the fight. Um, did that go how you expected it to go? Or how, no. what was your reaction to how it went? No, it didn't. I just think uh, Golovkin looked uh, old. He looked like an old fighter. Uh, there was no snap in his punch. There was no shotgun jab. He did, The big drama showed in the right arriving at any moment. I mean, even when, he, when we gave him the rounds, it wasn't like he convincingly beat up Canelo or won those rounds convincingly. It was just, okay, Golovkin won that one. Canelo, on the other hand, he will be, he was impressive, but he wasn't the Canelo we expected. I expected Canelo to be ripping the body. I expected Canelo to be backing him up, really trying to pulverize Golovkin. But obviously, there was something there that he had to respect. It wasn't the jab, and it wasn't body shots from Golovkin, but it must have been something. Okay, but the I, I can't get off the judging, Mannix. I cannot well, get I mean, off the look, judging. It, it, as long as we can, we're going to have a deeper dive at some point to the judging because it's got to be fixed. Steve Weisfeld, who I have tremendous respect for, you know, I always call him the gold standard in boxing judging. He's had a tough year. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. he gave he gave he gave the Canelo Bevel fight one fifteen one thirteen for Bevel. That was a lot wider than it uh, should have been, and this fight was was tough. David Sutherland. Tough card uh, as well. Uh, you, you could tell from the opening bell, Golovkin looked old, like he did. And I, I, we shouldn't be surprised because in the last four years, he has taken largely mid to low level fights. I mean, Sergey Derevchenko, on paper, not a bad win, but that was Derevchenko after he had fought uh, Daniel Jacobs and uh, what after Jamal Charlo. Right. Or was that Charlo as well? I, so he was a little bit past his prime. Then you move on, and he's fighting Ryota Murata, who is 
a middleweight champion, but I think you'd agree the weakest of the middleweight champions out there. Like, and he gave yeah. Golovkin trouble in the first few rounds. He hurt Golovkin in the first few rounds. He just didn't have the talent that Canelo has uh, to do it. So I, I just thought Golovkin looked old. To his credit, again, like sixth round comes around, and he starts to pick up the gas. Like he starts throwing. Yeah, because Jonathan Banks was getting on him. He's saying basically, like, do everything we, we train to do. We are prepared for this. You need to get more aggressive. You need to throw the jabs. You need to bang to. Th- he was telling them everything he needed to hear, but Golovkin wasn't doing it because he couldn't pull the trigger anymore. The thing about getting older, when you become an older fighter, and you know, my last fight was at 38. That's when I knew I won, and I knew I was I was done with. Mm-hmm. Your legs go, but your confidence goes. And I didn't have power. See, the thing about power punchers, they can actually fight until the older in, in, in their age, but Golovkin. Even his power wasn't enough. Yeah. His power wasn't enough. The jab, the shotgun jab that he was so, he was murdering people with that jab. It wasn't there. The body punches. Even Canelo wasn't early there. on, he was. I mean, Canelo in the first two fights, he was throwing that jab. He was following up with the right hands. He looked a lot like most Canelo opponents who were timid about throwing the right hand because, as you know, when you throw it, you expose yourself right. and you leave yourself open for counter shots. And Canelo was throwing heavy shots, especially in the first half of that fight. On Canelo, I thought he looked great, man. Like. I guess there were some questions about what Canelo would look like after a loss to Dimitri Bivol, but back at his natural weight, back at 168 pounds, uh, he looked like the best fighter in the world once again. I I wouldn't go that far, Mannix. I, I would say he looked really, really good. I wouldn't go with great. I wouldn't go with pound for pound number one. I think if he would have stopped Golovkin, then yeah. Nobody stops Golovkin. I'll give you that. Him, I'll like, give you that. But right now, I can't go and say that was a great performance by Canelo because. Uh, of course, it was great. You thought he won ten rounds to two. Why is that not a great performance? It was a convincing win, but it wasn't the cherry on top. He you promised beat the unified he promised, champion. He okay. promised. Yeah, but at one sixty-eight, he promised the okay. knockout. He was going to go. Fact for that Golovkin it. is still like had spent. That's like Marvin Hagler shit. When Golovkin was spending all that time at one sixty, sixteen years, he's basically been a hundred and sixty pounder. Um, that's wild uh, to begin with. But uh, look, I think one sixty-eight was fine. It's still the same fighter. Yeah, no, but here's the thing. Remember, Canelo, remember when Canelo was smaller than him? Remember in that? The, in the first round, I said it. I said, Golovkin doesn't have the body of a 168-pounder. And his power didn't carry either because the thump wasn't there. Usually when, when Golovkin's throwing punches, you can hear them. You can hear them bouncing off the shoulders and the top of the gloves and the head. The thump wasn't there. Yeah. The aggression wasn't there. He tried the a couple motivation times. That, that, that cork that corkscrew. Yeah, he tried yeah, a couple times. It wasn't didn't, happening. Didn't, wasn't happening for the, him. The, um, the, uh, the ambition, the, the monster that we're accustomed to seeing in the big drama show was not there tonight. Mm. And... Whatever the two judges saw, I'm going to keep going to that. I I need to know what they saw. They need to Obsessed. write a report. You need to get them on the podcast. Someone needs to find out what did they see. Because I agree. Just the Nevada Commission should me. investigate that. I think it's the incredible to me. Yeah. I just think they threw Golovkin a bone after you know coming up short the first two fights. I, I tend to agree with that. All right, All right so I'm over. I'm over the scorecards. Probably Max. not. But just for now, right now you're over the scorecard. Um, you know what made Canelo's performance even more impressive to me. In the ring afterwards, he was telling me that his left hand was so hurt he couldn't hold a cup all week. Like, I don't know what that means. He said it needs surgery. The fact that he went ahead, if it's as bad as he says, if he does need surgery in the coming weeks, the fact that he went ahead and fought Gennady Golovkin with a left hand that was so bad that it's going to need surgery, that's impressive. That really is. And if you can't use that left hand the way you'd like and still dominate, that shows me some level of greatness. Absolutely. And it, it will show you that, um, you know, how how great of a fighter 
Canelo is not canceling a big show like this because uh, can you imagine if oh, after imagine after so long that we waited for this trilogy to have to, to wait have to, to like May of 2023 to cancel uh, it because be of that 41? that uh. goes to show you Canelo not, is not only a great boxer but he's a great businessman a great yeah. pr- promoter in his mind and he the fought, fact he fought I know it's Avni Yildirim remember he fought Avni Yildirim after having like COVID three weeks before remember like, when he remember when he fought Rocky Fielding when his brother got kidnapped yeah yeah he guess he Canelo man. puts business mm-hmm. first and. You know, every that's a promoter's dream because you know sometimes people, boxers cancel on on little injuries. You can fight through those injuries, but what Canelo does is on another level, and that's why he's so special. That's why he's he's Canelo. Yeah. All right. Moving and looking ahead for both guys. Let's start with Canelo, the winner. Uh, he's gonna have surgery. He said his body needs a rest. He seemed pretty fatigued talking to him. Like I don't know if you picked up on that, but he was like, "Man, I gotta take a break. I need some time off and allow my body to heal." That presumably means May of 2023. The target, I assume is Dimitri Bivol, 175-pound champion. Bivol's got some business of his own first. He's got to beat Zerto Ramirez that fight on November 5th. That's not a tough fight because Zerto's going to weigh like 225 pounds when he gets into the ring with a light heavyweight. Uh, but assuming Bivol gets through, is that the right fight for Canelo? Should Canelo go back to 175, face Bivol, or should he look around at the David Benavidez, is of the world, Jamal Charlo, some good fighters on the PBC side of the street? We have no say in that, Maddox. You're, I'm you're asking you. It's I, a I understand. I understand that, but you're dealing with greatness. Whatever I say doesn't matter. But okay, but what would I do? Yeah. <sighs> Go for Bevo. It's that Mexican machismo, man. Go for Bevo, the guy that beat you. I mean, yeah, Floyd Mayweather beat you, what, almost a decade ago. Great. You were just too young for that. That gets past. You can put that in the back burner. But to lose in your absolute prime when you're number one, top dog in, in, in the entire world, pound for pound, and and not only lose, but lose convincingly mm-hmm. against Bevo. Yeah, you got to get that back. You can't you can't just let that slide. So if I was Canelo, right back to that in May. Absolutely. I get the sense that Canelo will train like a madman for that fight. Like, I don't think he trained as hard as he should have. And he said this uh, for the first Bevo fight. Because how many, how many times do we see him on social media golfing and like, you know, not screwing around because he still I takes his job seriously. Do you remember in the, in the fighter meeting, I says, are, are, we asked him, are you still golfing? He says, no, I put yeah, that aside. And then I thought it was because he was training hard for Golovkin. And then Todd asked him that, and he says, no, it's just been too hot. Too hot. But he also <laughs> told me afterwards, like, you know, I want to make sure I'm 100% focused on that. Now, look, I don't think he was at his best against Bevel, because I don't think he took Bevel as seriously as he needed to. I mean, it's somewhat understandable, because before Canelo, Bevel looked kind of like shit in some no, of his previous fights. He no, did. He went no, life and death no, with Craig no. Richards over in the UK. I mean, he couldn't get Lenny Castillo out of there a few fights early. Like, he didn't look like a world beater. He didn't before. look like a world beater because he doesn't take chances, and that's exactly... He took chances against Canelo, though. No, like, he, he didn't. Up. He no, did. he, he didn't. Up. He showed discipline. He threw combinations. He, he would throw combinations, but then he would stop anytime Canelo was against the ropes, and he would go back to the middle of the ring. That's discipline. He wanted the fight in the middle of the ring. Canelo was playing possum against the ropes, telling him to come on. Bevel was like, no. Come back over here. I'm gonna keep popping this jab in your face. No, that wasn't that wasn't a, a, a typical performance. That was that was a masterpiece for Bibble on the on the jab part and the fact that he had the discipline to carry it through in 12 rounds. All right, can Canelo beat Bibble at 175? It's gonna be hard, but yeah, I think he could. It's gonna be hard though. He has to get mm-hmm. past that jab. He has he has to do something to get past that jab. Very disciplined jab, as you said. Very. He has to get past that jab, and you know the way that I used to get past guys that were better jabbers than me. I used to we used to just right hook the elbow, so we knew that we couldn't out jab this guy. So we just hit the hell out of the elbow, mm-hmm. and they will stop from throwing that. So he needs to come up with something to get past that jab. He does that, then yeah, he can make it a closer fight. That's still a huge fight in Las Vegas. Even bigger if Bevo beats Zerto, because that'll be a quality win and another another Mexican 
you know, trophy for Bivol. Not only that, that, Maddox, but can you imagine if if Dimitri Bivol wins in Abu Dhabi? Mm. What makes you think that he won't go to Mexico and fight Canelo in his home turf? If the money's right. I agree. Money's the big thing, though. Most if, you, if you're Vegas. going to Abu Dhabi or across the world, yeah, the, why won't you go to Mexico? Abu Dhabi's putting up a lot of money. Like, the Middle East is putting up money for that fight. That's why. Mexico ain't putting up that kind of money. He'll do a big crowd, but Mexico ain't putting up. Are you, you're Mexican. Has Mexico putting up saying. that kind of money? All right, I don't think probably, so. Probably not. But he'll fill Azteca Arena. Oh, it'd be awesome. 100,000 fans. So I, yes. I hope one of those years that, Can- that Canelo fights three times, one of them is like a... Rocky Fielding All type right, he may, You may not get the money, but you'll get the I history. Agree. They they can probably beat the record that Chavez and Haugen did in over 100,000. Well, think about stadium. how cool was Canelo Saunders. Like, that wasn't a big gate. 70, but 2,000? 72,000, a record, indoor record. Right. During a pandemic, like, that wasn't as big a gate as he gets in Las Vegas. Like, you know, this weekend probably will clear. But it was memorable. It was memorable. memorable. It was incredible. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm actually with you on that. I'd love to see him do that. I just don't think he'll do that against Dimitri Bebo. All right, last thing to talk about. Gennady Golovkin's 40. He is still the unified middleweight champion even after this loss. He told me in the ring he plans to keep fighting. He still has those two belts. He's also said to me, uh, I want to fight in Australia. I want to fight in the UK. I want to fight in my native Kazakhstan. What will the what should the future look like for Gennady Golovkin? If you were Gennady Golovkin, what would you do? I wouldn't leave money on the table, that's for sure. So I would There keep, is still a lot of money on the table. There is a lot of money on the table, so I wouldn't I wouldn't leave it on the table. Even though he made what, twenty million today? There's still a lot of money to be made, and you dedicate it to your life to this sport, this trait, so you got to maximize it all the way to the end. As long as you're not getting knocked out or brutally beaten, I, I think you should continue doing it, but at 160. Stay away from 168. His body didn't look as as chiseled as it normally looks at 160. You mentioned that early in the fight. He looks, yeah, so- he- he looks softer. His, his, his torso, his lower body area looks soft, and... Um, yeah, he looked a little older because he is. So if he's going to be facing B and C level competition, do the world tour. Take the big drama show on tour. But if you're going to be facing the elite, these younger champions, these Charles, the Benavides, and the, and Andres in the other world, no way. Mungia. Yeah, like Janabek. Like Mung- you don't want Janabek in the Kazakhstan. Mungia is an exception. You think you should buy Mungia? I think Mungia is his next. That's the next big drama show fight for him I actually and he gets that. his and he gets his that. respect back with that because yeah. he fights like young undefeated big champion that stands in front of him, him though, stage. hey all I'm saying is stylistically that's the best he's gotten so much better in recent years stylistically and you, best you know we talked to Gabe Rosado about this Munguia's got a granite chin like Munguia can take a punch so does Golovkin I know but Munguia throws like five six seven punch combinations he's all offense that's the fight man that's the fight I'd love to see it I honestly would love to see that it. brings just, that brings the respect back, the confidence back, and the belief of the fans. Because right now the the fans are saying eh, that wasn't the Golovkin we're used to seeing. Uh, we said the exact same thing on the telecast. But if he beats a young whippersnapper and an undefeated guy like Mungia, it's kind of like whoa, wait a minute. It's like Robert Roberto Duran coming back and beating Iran Barkley. We got to give him another chance. Or Roberto Duran coming back beating Davy Moore. We got to give him another chance. Old guys keep getting other chances if they beat these young. You know, prospects, champions. So give him another chance. Mungia's the next one if you are going to take a big chance. Did you really just say whippersnapper? I did say whippersnapper. Young whippersnapper. All right. Can we go to the bar now? Yes. <laughs>